Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of August 15, 2022. And for this week's episode, I'd like to focus on the vehicle sourcing constraints that continue to be a thorn in the side of every fleet manager and which has been impacting fleet operations for the past two ordering cycles. Today, if you haven't placed your fleet order for a 2023 model pickup truck, you're pretty much out of luck. Both GM and Ford are sold out, and while Stellantis may have some RAM availability, most likely its existing customers will buy out all of the units that are still available. Likewise, smaller OEMs have limited their fleet sales to just existing customers and are not issuing new fleet identification numbers that allow a new customer to order a fleet vehicle from them. Today, the idea of single sourcing seems to have become a concept of yesteryear that just doesn't fit the realities of today. Nowadays, fleets are looking to do just the opposite. They're looking to add more OEMs to their vehicle selector list in the hope of sidestepping these sourcing constraints and tight dealer inventories. And the reality is that in today's market, it's difficult to source from OEMs with whom you have never done business before because these OEMs have limited fleet allocation and they're simply trying to serve their existing customers and oftentimes they're not looking to add new customers. However, the biggest issue for the past two ordering cycles has been the earlier than normal cutoff days for fleet orders due to the huge pent up demand that exists in the market. This results in a quick buyout of an OEM's entire fleet allocation. And in response to this and to fairly service all of their customers, most OEMs have switched to a controlled fleet allocation system that predetermines the number of units a fleet can order. And on the positive side, this means that a fleet's allocated order will be accepted. But on the negative side, it invariably means that a fleet will most likely receive fewer units than what they actually need. And another thorn in the side of fleet managers is the longer lead time for trucks. And these lead times have gotten to be ridiculous. Trucks that used to take six to eight months to get are now taking 12 to 18 months. And the order to delivery time is even worse for bucket trucks, which are now being quoted at 24 months. In other words, a fleet won't receive delivery of an updated bucket truck until two years after the initial order has been accepted. These lengthy order to delivery times have caused an increase in demand for long-term rentals, especially when a vocational vehicle is damaged in an accident or when a unit is in for repairs and the parts it needs are on back order. Sometimes it takes as long as four to eight weeks to receive back ordered spare parts. Pricing is another sore point with almost all fleet managers. There's been a reduction in fleet incentive monies, there's been higher MSRP prices, and there is a lack of price protection for units canceled by OEMs in prior model years. And for units being or ordered out of dealer stock, dealers have been adding a market price adjustment on top of the MSRP price. And it's been especially bad for medium duty trucks where dealers reportedly are charging a market adjustment price as much as $60,000 over sticker price. I mean, think about it. Trucks that would normally cost $140,000 are now being sold for $200,000. Now, the latest wrinkle we're hearing about is that fleets are being told that they can increase the likelihood of an order being built by an OEM if they agree to an even smaller fleet incentive. And 
fleet managers are accepting this. I mean, what are they to do? They're desperate for vehicles. And fleet invoice prices are also increasing. And just last week, we witnessed dramatic price increases for the high demand Ford Lightning EV pickup due to an increase in raw material costs. And likewise, there was a price increase for the Ram ProMaster. Another emerging trend is the bundling of related services into new vehicle sales prices. And we've witnessed this with EV sales where the EV vehicle is bundled with different services or with specific charging units. And last week, a new manifestation of bundling was announced by General Motors, which has begun requiring all Buick, GMC, and Cadillac Escalade buyers to pay $1,500 for a three-year OnStar subscription service that previously had been optional. Now the three-year OnStar subscription is included in the manufacturer's suggested retail price for all Buicks and GMC models and for all Cadillac Escalades. And these sourcing constraints are impacting businesses in, in many other ways. So for example, these multi-year vehicle sourcing constraints have caused some companies to reconsider or delay business expansions, especially when the fleet vehicle is a primary revenue generation tool. These companies are reluctant to hire additional employees if they can't guarantee that the newly hired employee will have a vehicle available for them at the start of their employment. And as one fleet manager said, it's hard to grow our business if we don't have the confidence that we will get the additional vehicles needed to meet our growth goals. End of quote. And here's another example to consider. Some industries, such as pharmaceutical companies, need to upfleet quickly, meaning that they need to add vehicles quickly when a new drug is introduced. So, for example, when Pfizer first launched Viagra in 1998, it looked to acquire 1,400 additional vehicles ASAP for additional sales reps to call on doctors. You ask yourself, could this be done in today's sourcing environment? Probably not. The reality is that nowadays, Industry-wide, many vehicles are not being replaced as stipulated in fleet policy. Some employee drivers may go a year or two without a replacement vehicle. Some fleet managers say certain drivers are even starting to play what they call the safety card. In other words, these drivers say they no longer feel safe driving a vehicle whose service life has been extended for an additional 20 to 40,000 miles. And some companies give in to these employee complaints to avoid any potential liability exposure should something happen. And typically these drivers are transitioned into a driver allowance program where they are reimbursed for the use of their personal vehicle for company business. And for those fleet applications where a personal vehicle cannot be used, these drivers are put into an interim rental unit, which is expensive. And it's also contingent on whether they can even get the rental unit. And another implication to the strategy to extend a vehicle service life will be played out at a later date at resale time. The question to ask is what will be the fair market value of these older higher mileage fleet vehicles? What type of resale value adjustment should a fleet manager anticipate? If these vehicles come out of service in a soft use vehicle market, there's a strong probability that the resale adjustment could be significant. And Another ongoing issue impacting fleets is the microprocessor shortage, which continues to be a drag on new vehicle production. And more OEMs are assembling vehicles without certain options that require a microprocessor, and then, or as they call it, they're building shy. And 
One example of conserving or stretching microprocessor availability is eliminating some of them from some option packages. And one example I heard about is the elimination of cross-traffic alerts, which are taken out of an option package and the fleet is given a dollar credit. If the fleet manager is adamant about getting cross-traffic alerts, it'll be offered to them uh, as a standalone option, but the fleet manager is advised that there's a high probability that the vehicle will not be built. Or another example is a vehicles being built without microprocessors for heated uh, seats for units operating in snowbelt uh, states. Fleet managers say they're given a credit that can be redeemed when the chips become available to be retrofitted in these units at a later date. So here's another factor to consider. You know, while commodity prices in recent months have moderated, what's caught everybody's attention last month was an unexpected announcement on June 27th that the nation's largest smelter plant and North America's largest producer of high purity aluminum will shut down for nine to 12 months. You know, this aluminum plant is located in Hawesville, Kentucky, and the owner Century Aluminum said it's shutting down production due to rising energy costs, which have recently more than tripled. When the largest aluminum plant in the U.S. goes offline, it's fair to say that it will put upward pressure on aluminum pricing, and there most likely will be tighter inventories. So what is the forecast as to when these vehicle sourcing constraints will be eliminated? And the truth is that no one can predict this with any degree of certainty, but the industry consensus is that ultimately, today's sourcing constraints will be resolved with a series of gradual sequential improvements. And the best case scenario that I've heard is that it'll be mid-year 2024 before vehicle sourcing is anticipated to return to normal. So with this as my final observation, I'd like to conclude my State of the Fleet Industry presentation for the week of August 15th, 2022. And I'd like to thank you for watching.